This is I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open minded musings of two early 40s curmudgeons staring down the barrel of entertainment irrelevance. <laughs> I'm your co host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I'm joined by this guy. We, we used to be staring down the prospect, and now we're staring down the barrel. It's Come gotten that grim. It's gotten that bad. Uh, my name is Noah Tarno. I'm Quizmaster uh, and founder of The Big Quiz Thing, a trivia game show spectacular. You guys know it. You hear all about it every week if you're Oh, every listening. week if you watch if you watch this show, if you listen to this show. You guys have joined us for a very, this is a, completely in our lane, something we're, we're more or less <laughs> mystified by, not designed for us. We are discussing a South African-born, Australian-reared young man named Troy Savan, which sounds a little bit like one of the ambassadors uh, in the Galactic Council. So anyway, this guy is a singer, songwriter, actor, YouTube personality. Again, from Perth, Australia, I believe. Uh, he was born in South Africa, but his parents brought him there was like two or three years old. So he originally gained popularity on YouTube, Australian talent competitions, released an album in 2014 called Trixier, TRX. I, I no yeah. idea how it's pronounced. Yeah, I don't know. TRXYE. I wondered that too. He was a kid, uh, or you know, not, he's not... He's not not a kid now, but he was even younger as a kid then. That kind of made some noise, Billboard Top 200. But then again, you know, that's not a huge sign of uh, uh, success. 2015, he released a uh, second album called Wild, followed by a debut studio album called Blue Neighborhood. And this is where things start to get big for him, because he made a song called Youth, and it was the first single to enter Top 40 of Billboard. We still give a shit about Billboard. I guess it really... What else do we have? This is all we can use as a metric. <laughs> what, what else is there in life but the Billboard Right, charts. Billboard charts exactly yeah. that peaked at number 23 so, simultaneous to that the kid was also an actor this is weird yeah. he played the young um logan the young logan in x-men origins wolverine which is probably yep. one of one of the seven worst movies ever made by human hands really but, uh, it's terrible yeah that was just i, I never saw it I, I watched the first half of logan on a plane and really liked it oh logan was great no this this yeah has that's not, what they say this has nothing to I, do I didn't realize that. it was that bad oh okay. it's really well, good bad. good thing i missed it okay so uh, he's continued to make his bones as a youtube personality uh he uploads vlogs he had like apparently four million subscribers 240 million total views and so i guess for the point of this he comes out in a vlog post in 2013 which is the we'll, we'll put a pin in that because that winds up being a pretty important um, feature of his biography and his public persona october 2014 time Again, what is Time Magazine? We're going to mention that as a thing. They named Savannah as one of the top 25 influential teens of, of 2014. I think so, it's pronounced Savan. Because when you hear Savannah, I hear Savannah, who was the evil scientist arch enemy of Dr. Savannah, yeah, with the worm. That would have yeah. been awesome if you were a flamboyantly gay pop singer, <laughs> Dr. Savannah. Go but ahead. no, we are talking about an out pop singer. So what <laughs> I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, I'm going to pass the conch over yeah. to uh, my own personal piggy, Mr. Noah Tarno, to get the ex- yeah. To get the experiment rolling. What do you think? So. All, right, all right. So I have, I'm going to start with a quiz. Which of the following traits of Troy Savan does he have in common with me? A, our real last name is both Mellet, M-E-L-L-E-T. B, we both have siblings named Steel, Tide, and Sage. <laughs> C, we both performed on Saturday Night Live while young people in the audience screamed like they were watching the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. D, we're both flamboyantly homosexual. Or E, as children, we both played the title role in a musical theater production of Oliver. I'm going to go with the last one of those. And I think I got You I are correct. Ding, 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 ding. 
Yeah, no, that that he, you know, he was a theater kid, so I relate to that. Troy Sivan Mellet, Millet, Mellet, anyway. Troy Sivan's like his first and middle name, and he's Jewish. He's Jewish. Uh, used to, we used to have a game in the big quiz thing, gay or Jewish. He would be one of the few that is both. Um, <laughs> triple word score. Triple word score for that. I had a bit of an evolution on my opinion of Troy Savan as I was watching these videos and whatever. And at first, I didn't like him because I listened to a bunch of his songs. I listened to Happy Little Pill, Youth, My, 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 Bloom is his newest, well, like this year's single, which is like supposedly a pan to, unconfirmed a pan to anal sex. Hey, I, I, so. I have that exact note written down and, and yeah. that exact phrase. Yes, thank you. He's unapologetic in being gay. That's for sure. I mean, you look at his videos, boys are kissing, girls are kissing. I mean, he's more than open. He is open. And I just don't know what that means. But like, I looked at the videos and I didn't like his style. I thought he was all like too cute by half. He had that stupid modern pompadour and he seemed to have no apparent personality. So many of the songs just sounded the same to me. And even a song like My, 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 which he was singing on SNL last May, he's dancing around like it's this big rave up. He's got a video with uh, Ariana Grande. Dance to this, dance to this. And they're jumping around like it's a big party song, but they still sound like they barely get their pulse above comatose. And that's a pet peeve of mine with pop music. I remember thinking that in the 90s about uh, Natalie Merchant, right? Remember Natalie Merchant was really big, at least at my college. And she had this song, I don't remember what it's called, where she goes, da 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 And the video, she's dancing around like she's this wild free spirit, but the song is still like barely awake. And I just, I get tired of this pop music that just like is so like lacking personality and just tired. And it's fucking pop music, man. It should be, exu- rock and roll should be high energy and pop music should be exuberant. And this supposedly pop music that sounds like people just staring at themselves in a mirror and mumbling just doesn't get to me, bothers me. And then I read there was a New York Times profile of him in the spring that might as well have been written by his press, his publicist. It reminded me of when I used to work, I used to work for Rolling Stone when I was right out of college. And the profiles in that were just so, like half the time the, their PR people would edit them. And there's a paragraph in this profile that is just awful. Hip swinging pretty boys and eye makeup are nothing new. They've been singing on television since Elvis on Ed Sullivan. Should have said Elvis Presley. But Mr. Savan is a creature of our time, a self-possessed, on-his-own-terms heartthrob, gay and untroubled, with the commercial sheen of a Disney star and the charisma of a boy prince. I know I added the smarmy tone, I apologize, but it should not be... I know it's a puff piece, but come on, really? So I was predispositioned not to like him, but then I gave him a little more time. I watched his interview on Stephen Colbert, and he really came off as down-to-earth and honest. He's starring in a new uh, film called... Boy uh, Erased. Boy Erased, about gay conversion therapy. He cares about things that matter. He's really, like, he understands the issues of representation and why this is important and why being himself has actual gravity. And even now, like pop singers, even the gay ones, like they got to be careful about it. They got to get big first and then they come out. Like guys like Sam Smith, I believe. Or, you know, I mean, we go back decades, Elton John and Boy George had to play coy about it for years. Being so unapologetic about it, writing a song about anal sex and being publicly kissy-kissy with his equally, you know, femi boyfriend, um, he realizes why that's important and what that means. Also, his other song in SNL, he did a song called The Good Side, and I really liked that song. It was almost folky in its rhythm. It was in waltz time. And it, it almost reminded me like if Bob Dylan wrote a gay, trancy ballad. 
it had almost like a folk song rhythm and sense to it. And I went, all right, this guy is not a supreme talent. He's not A-list. He might not even be B-list. Uh, and he's certainly not for me. I mean, this music is not for me. I'm not gay and I'm not young. I was telling you before, Bill, like he strikes me as the guy who's cut halfway through the season of American Idol, but he's fine. And if he's out there given ungender conforming or un you know stereotypically masculine gay boys someone to look up to and someone to aspire towards and a decent role model and he's making people happy with his music that isn't hurting anyone then so be it i think that you could feel both ways about it where his output is i think i've described this before i can't remember who it was with uh what subject it was pertaining to but there's the idea of, of ultraviolet light something that just is invisible because it's outside of our spectrum. There's so much about Troy Sivan that is designed not purposely, but is it stumps the it stumps the old man. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not, and it has nothing to do with uh, you know him being gay or having a gay public persona. Although that to me, uh, for as um, close as I am. However close I am to the to the gay experience, it. Oh man, you are so well. There was you know there was the six years we spent as a romantic couple. You forget. Sure. Yeah. 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 Ex- it was an experimental uh, experimental yeah. relationship. It was an experimental decade. For us. The idea of, of people looking uh, like, for instance, uh, I, maybe this is just maybe this will say, say everything you need to know about it. When I saw Call Me by Your Name, and it was a very right. important movie, and a lot of people talked about it endlessly. I thought it was a good movie. I just didn't understand any of the politics of what it was what it was all. Offering. There was a lot of ultraviolet radiation coming off that. I could not relate to somebody trying to grapple with sexuality or aberrant, what you'd call aberrant sexuality, or what the whole idea of a same-sex crush would have been like with all that tension involved. And I'm hearing about it through the script, and I understand it, and it's like, but it goes right past me. It doesn't mean anything to me because I never experienced anything even close to it. And it's a little bit of this, too. There's so much about Troy Savan and the idea that he's he's bathing everybody in gayness, which is radiating off of him. It means something. If, if you're there to catch it and you have an organ if your eye is prepared to pick up that spectrum right. you see so much and it like this is for you and this is manna yeah. and know, this uh, is why re- this is why representation matters yeah because it, does. it inspires it does. people and it it makes them feel like you are you are not some weird circus freak like you are within the normal range of human experience yes and you can do this too you know yeah. you can go out there and present yourself and be the way you want to be and you don't have to conform to someone else's ideas sure. right here are lyrics which don't change the pronoun this is about two boys kissing each other and, and the, the lust that one feels for another which you wouldn't have not seen represented even in other gay artists like you referenced before his co-star his director actually in the movie Boy Erased is this um, actor director named Joel Edgerton and he was giving this yeah. souped up appellation for the kids saying that he's a hero to LBGT kids and it's like okay I mean I will take your word for it I honestly I can only say obliquely as a straight white cis you know cisgender male it's like I kind of don't know who's a hero to to to, to queer kids I, I don't know what that would consist of what you need to do to get those bona fides but he's he's being called that um, yeah. so there's a whole there's a whole quadrant a whole component to this which is like I did I did a lot of what you did I split it down the center where it's like the music is completely boring to me uh, I mean his voice is pleasant but it's it's true it's, it's so there's nothing special about it yeah I don't I, think I, so I, at all. but I think yeah. it's, it reminded me of Sean Mendez it reminded yeah. there's this idiom for male singers who have a sweet 
sweet, sensitive voice, a sweet, sensitive, yeah. soulful voice that, that borders on falsetto and never gets excited. And it sounds yeah. almost, almost wholesome, yeah. even though his, yeah. this guy's lyrics aren't necessarily always wholesome. But it's the idea that they're, they're the sweet, sensitive, little, sensitive boy man. You know, <laughs> Sweet, a, sensitive, little, sensitive boy man. A hairless, that's, what the, that's what the kids called me in uh, middle school. A hairless chest, you know, a high, a high <laughs> yeah. pompadour. No, th- there yeah. is a thing like yeah. Troy Sivan. He is, he is twink, twink isn't considered derogatory, is it? I don't know. I don't I know. I think he fits in. The, you know, there's the twinks and the bears. I, we don't know the terrain, but. Troy Sivan is strictly in Legolas territory. He looks yeah. like an extra from Lord <laughs> of the Rings. And I mean, that's. But you thing. know what? what? I get it why he's cute. I get it why young gay boys and young straight girls like moon over him. He's sure. he's cute. He's tasty. Okay. So I'll put it this way. I mean, it's it's all a long way of saying it's like, well, the public persona, the image, what he offers is great. It's a corrective to I mean, for some reason we're only getting this corrective now even though, you know, we've had sort of gayness thrust into the mainstream since the mid 90s it's only now is it becoming so conventionalized that this guy right. is being called a hero even though you know what right. does he do what does he do he just bees himself that's what he bees and that's why he's a hero you know we had gayness thrust into the mainstream in the 90s but like think of will and grace right mm-hmm. which was the example joe biden brought up you remember that when joe biden went on meet the press and said, I'm for gay marriage, and that led to Obama saying he was for gay marriage. Sure. And he brought up Will and Grace, and people laughed at that. He said, Will and Grace did more than anything else to oh, get yeah, people no. used to it. People laughed at it. People like, why are you laughing at that? He's right. But the thing about something like Will and Grace is even though, what's his name, the, the, the wacky neighbor character was a little... Jack, uh, yeah. Jack, he was a little... A mincing stereotype, you might call a it. A little bit, but for the most part, the show was doing, hey, gay people are just like you and me. The new layer that Troy Sivan goes to is he's like of the gay culture, Yes. right? Yeah. And of the, you know, the guys you see at the clubs who are unapologetic and don't act, you know, act in this way that is completely foreign to someone who's never spent time with a homosexual or mm-hmm. an open homosexual. Uh, but Troy Savon is like top of the charts SNL from that world. And I, I, I guess I might be forgetting someone, but I don't know if that's really happened before. My youth, my youth is yours, tripping on skies, sipping waterfalls. My youth, my youth is yours, run away now and forever. Why is Troy Savon having a moment? Why is he a big star in 2018? A lot of the Noah Tarno playbook I, I will open up here in that this guy is attractive, first and foremost. And yeah. um, You mean the Noah Tarno playbook in that I'm attractive and that's why I'm <laughs> yeah. successful? All the trivia fans want to get on my jock? Is that it? Uh, another, yeah. What you didn't mention is what, what else do you guys have in common? Not just that you were the lead in Oliver Twist, but you also have everyone on the jock. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we get we get. No, he's, tail, then we he's know obviously do. attractive. That is the first secret handshake to get into the club is yeah. do you look great and you yeah. know John Fogarty yeah. would not be invited to the club anymore but John Tro- Fogarty but Troy Sivan can get <laughs> into the club most people don't realize this but John Fogarty was like a super femme gay boy in his youth he's attractive he has appeal um, the songs are to me they kind of sound a little auto-tuned but I, I can't quite confirm that but there there is a sameness of the production they have the idiom of again what a you know what one type of male singer should sound like or I should say male presenting singer 
should sound like in the marketplace. So he he, uh, he almost has a little bit of a factory sound, although that factory is a very small oh, niche. It's a small niche factory, but it's still a type. It's still a genre and everything. Also, yeah, why is he popular is because there's this giant crossover where you get to have a, a, a queer figure uh, ascend popular culture, be unapologetically gay. You know, for, for someone like like us, the, the desiccated, uh, you know, cadavers of the, of the elder years, you know, we look at this guy and say, okay, well, it's happening for a young kid who's in the prime of his life, uh, and he's getting famous at the same age so many other famous people got famous at, so on and so forth. So those things look like they match up with the conventional benchmarks of fame are being achieved. It's that the audience and the other things are that have 2018 markers associated with them, but none of the rest of this stuff is a big surprise unless unless you can introduce to me something I'm not seeing. You're right, and definitely the machine picked him up. You know, the world is ready for the femmy boy, twinky gay star. Who came but, from YouTube? Who like originated? Who came exact from time. YouTube? He, he sculpted right, his right. own message on YouTube I mean, first. Yeah, that's what passes for organic now. But then he gets picked up by the machine. He's confident, you know. Like even though I found his first performance in SNL where he's jumping around like he's being crazy, but the song is like barely has a pulse. Somnolent. Still, yeah, he, somnolent. Thank you. He still expresses confidence. Although when reading about like how he, you know, he's collaborated with Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande and open for Taylor Swift. You know, the the machine decided we're, we're running with uh, Troy Sivan. Although I will a funny small moment. I saw, oh, he collaborated with Martin Garrix. And at first I'm like, what? And I realized Martin Garrix, who's a uh, techno trance producer. I don't know, maybe I'm, he's a musician of some kind. But I got him confused with Martin Truex. Do you know who okay. Martin Truex is? He's a NASCAR driver. So <laughs> at first I was like, what? And I'm like, I guess that's, Hey, good on NASCAR. They're 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 working with you know pretty gay musicians from so you're Australia. You're saying Troy Sivan is going to have his own bottle of Jack Daniels, right? Soon. Although I did I did discover in like confirming that that there is an openly gay NASCAR driver now. Like uh, yeah, the last uh, few months, I have there read that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, know. so he's big because he's talented enough. He's got he's a good representative for something that is primed for representation, and the machine. Picked him up. We can just dance to this. Don't take much to start me. We can just dance to this. Push up on my body. Yeah. You know, we already seen all of the parties. We can just dance to this. We can just, we can just dance to this. Would you have enjoyed this young man's output when you yourself were a vital creature of a young age? No, because I was not gay. I was desperately trying to not be Femi, uh, and I've never liked music of this sort. That's interesting. So, That's, so I, even I, I, yeah. even to the even to the extent that I liked that song, uh, "The Good Side," I I wouldn't have been able to break through my prejudices and go, "Hey, this is a pretty good song." Uh, I wouldn't have scorned him. I don't think. But I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have given him a second thought. What you just said stuck with me. The idea of trying not to be Femi. Everyone understands, anyone listening to the, the, the within earshot will understand the, the cultural imperative when we were younger of not coming across as gay. Oh, you bet. Or, or, or you know, not just gay, but the idea of like a gay lord. Yes, uh, Taylor. Which I guess gay, was some... Or was some, a gay wad. A gay wad. I mean, a gay the lord, wads I guess, and the that, lords that was like a, were, a, was like a yeah. landowning ducal fiefdom or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Gay lord had gay vassals. And gay, uh, <laughs> gay serfs. Gay yeah. serfs. 
Uh, I, I was a gay serf as far as the jocks were concerned, man. Yeah, I didn't you have the even... status of a gay lord. So I, I, uh, the idea that it's, this is one of those things where if his appeal is based on feminizing traditional male roles and things. And I mean, I, that's a very blanket statement, but I think it's more or less accurate. It's at least, it, it hews at least with what I've read other people say. So I'm not inventing that idea that Troy Savan is presenting a more feminine issue uh, aspect of, of male behavior, not just the kissing men thing, but the idea that he, uh, you know, looks fancy and, and, and femi and flowy and a little more androgynous and stuff. Yeah, it would have been impossible, I think, in 1984 to separate the stuff. First of all, yeah, the music wouldn't have hit me, but I, I almost think that's the afterthought. This is the cultural defining generation moment of this, is that fighting against the, the sludge and the fucking peat bog we grew up in <laughs> of toxic, you know, toxic gender roles and the oh, idea you that... I mean, Michael Jackson was seen as being feminine. Yeah. I mean, I guess because he had a high-pitched voice, uh, uh, you know, because he was a small, compact and he, man. And, and he was sensitive. He was, he was sensitive. sensitive, yeah. But that was a selling point to a lot of his female fans, I think. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, but like, like to turn us off. And everybody, we're, like, we're living in the world of guys like us now who uh, are, you know, did control things and architected things for so long and built up these high walls, these impediments to guys like Troy Sivan, you know, because he doesn't conform to it. He, does, he doesn't look like the guy from Smash Mouth or Dexter Holland from fucking uh, The Offspring, wow. you know. You are old, dude. I know, but that's my point is that, yeah. that those were all like, – if you look back to who our male role models were, it's like you were John Popper or like you were nothing and, and or, or, you know, somebody like, like – uh, hell, do you remember the days when Nine Inch Nails like was considered yeah. a little femi because it was goth and emo and he, – and he, so, wore, he wore eyeliner. I think. Yeah, and he had black painted fingernails and like that stuff was strangely homosexual to a certain thing and it's like that was was a barrier there too. It's it's interesting. One of the articles I read about Troy Simon, it might have even been the Times, so I'll give him this credit. They pointed out something I never thought of before is that, you know, gay artists couldn't be gay but straight artists, rock and roll, were in some ways encouraged to be a little... I mean, you look at Freddie Mercury. I mean, he basically was incredibly um, flamboyant in a stereotypical gay way, but he kind of snuck it in under the radar because he was a rock guy. He, he was, was rocking out. He, but was, he, a would cir- jump he was a circus showman, right. yeah. Right. I mean, look at the way Mick Jagger moved on stage and look at, go to when we were kids, like the hair metal bands, you know, before Guns N' Roses kind of brought that back. But like, look at how bands would wear eyeliner or even forget hair metal, like Duran Duran. Those guys would wear eyeshadow. And it was considered okay because they were rock stars. And also, this kind of semi-androgynous thing was like, yeah, this this gets us women, right? Like, yeah, somehow. We're, like, like being semi-androgynous turns us on to girls. And this is why I'll wear freaking eyeliner and eyeshadow. And backstage, I'll bang three groupies at a time. Oh, my. Is Troy Saban a sign of the apocalypse? I don't think so. The most offensive thing about this, to be honest, was the time story and yeah. modern journalism imputing layers 
and wisdom yeah. to this yeah, kid totally. that, that make him seem like he's coming off like he's Woody Guthrie. Yeah. And it's like, you know, <laughs> you know I, pop artists, if, especially when they strike young, haven't lived a life. Uh, I mean, we were discussing off mic about all the people who were uh, incredibly famous at a young age and had nothing to say. And it used to be that they were just so talented that raw charisma and skill just oozed off their body and you didn't need to listen to what they said because they honestly didn't have anything to say they didn't read books usually they didn't go to school they were homeschooled or they had a very atraditional lifestyle and didn't socialize in a normal way they just practiced what they did really well michael jackson being a great a great example and you mentioned um, alanis morissette was somebody who had like one great album inside of her whether it was something that was coaxed by her own natural talent and or you know people who helped her get it out she really didn't have any kind of follow-up that was nearly that successful i, I know a lot of people will violently disagree with me That's that's fine. Because I've had this debate with people. They're like, oh, Lotus is great, her second, third album, but I was disappointed. But I mean, I, I just like the idea that a young kid, you know, like Troy Savon is doing the due diligence of just being himself. And I think you can yeah. go back to his YouTube channel to say that's the bona fides. What he did first was put out a public persona. Whether he was a, uh, a kid who was putting on pretense about being a world-weary, somebody who had already entered a lot of talent competitions and had a lot of fame at one point. It was, to some degree, a genuine persona. Most of his life has been about making him famous and making him a star. So I'm not really sure he's got a ton to say about the world at large. And again, this, this is a slight comment on it. And we could say this about just about any one of these people that we've discussed on this show, you're asking big questions. You know, T Taylor Swift, can you tell us why we should vote for the local, you know, uh, uh, Kentucky representative and say, get Tennessee, sorry, Tennessee, and, and furnish examples as to why, you know, the, uh, the, the, the candidate is better than the incumbent, etc. And it's like, that is just too much to lay on someone's back. I mean, they should have an opinion, but it's like, I don't really trust Taylor Swift to have read the, you know, Financial Times and Foreign Policy magazine to tell me what she thinks of the, you know. Well, the, but I'm going to step back here. She's a citizen. She has a right to her opinion more, you know, just as much as anyone else. And good on her that people who look up to her for whatever reason. I, I'm very happy she did what she did. I am too. I, I just and not and and not mostly because I support the same candidates, but yes, yeah. not just because of that. Uh, and, and look, I'm not I'm not hacking her for doing that. I'm just saying it's like this is much more than we ever gave. This is much more responsibility than we've delegated to our pop stars in the past. They just have so much more on their plate. Mm, I don't and know about that. At MTV, they were interviewing people about freaking you know the Cold War. Did anybody did anybody ask Brian Wilson what he thought of the Gulf of Tonkin resolution? No, they, they would didn't do ask that. Brian Wilson. But they asked they asked Michael Jackson and Madonna and Bruce Springsteen in the eighties. I'm just uh, okay, and they, and they didn't give better answers than either. They they weren't any more prepared to do anything like that. It's like probably not. That's all I'm saying. It's like I said, it's a picking point. Anyway, so what what do you think about uh, an apocalypse element of this guy? No, not at all. Possibly the opposite. Although, let me speak as the alternate universe Noah Tarno, who was adopted by, a, by a, a radical Christian conservative family. You know, I, I was a member of the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, the alternate universe Noah Tarno, Westboro Baptist Church, must think Troy Sivan is just too unspeakably awful for words. I mean, they scream about Macklemore being too gay. So you can only imagine <laughs> what they think of uh, Troy Sivan. They probably think Troy Sivan is the devil made flesh. Yeah. So, yes, they literally think he's a sign of the apocalypse. So alternate universe me, who's a member of the Westboro Baptist Church, yes. Real universe me, no, not at all. And, and again, stipulating that his music is mediocre. I guess if we get to a point where he's lionized as the greatest musician of all time, I'm going to feel that way. Right now, 
you know, I can't possibly have any real problem with this stuff. Noah, let's close this bitch out, right? Yeah. So let me ask you something. Is your furious rage uh, a product of the green monster of jealousy about this guy's success? I am jealous of him because I could only wish when I was, how old is he, 22? See, he was born in 1995. So he's, he's 22. 23. 23. Uh, he was born June 95. So there is, I mean, there's this jealousy I have of everyone on the show that they're famous and I'm not, but... There's the jealousy of I could only wish at a young age I had the confidence, the wherewithal to be who I was, to know who I mean, I, I don't know what's going on in his head, but apparently to know who I am and to just, you know, stand up for that and be out there and express myself, express my honest self, because I still don't know who that is and I still don't know how to do that. I have several friends who are transgender and as, as much of a challenge as that life must be, even here in the Bay Area, uh, there's a part of me that, that is envious of them because clearly they understand, you know, why was I so mixed up for the first time for many decades of my life? Well, here's why. So now I know the solution and I'm doing it. So I admire that clarity that they figured out, like, what's up with me. Uh, yeah, I could echo that sentiment. Um, he definitely has, uh, well, like I can, I could say I'm, the, I'm furiously jealous of the fact that he's so thin and pretty. <laughs> like what I could do with all the raw material that he's got too. Oh my god! My yeah, sure. There's that too. Uh, yeah. Also, it seems like he's kind of like surviving the fame wars uh, without a lot of uh, body horror. You know, he doesn't look like some um, Civil War veteran uh, come out through the end of it. Considering that he's right in the middle of the pitch battle, he's his own little fame antietam, if you will. And that's a big deal is to be able to navigate this stuff. You know, somewhat self-managed. I don't know whether it's, you know, I, I can't really comment on how closely guarded he is by, by handlers and or whoever that might be at this point. But it looks like he's doing a decent job. He hasn't said anything stupid. Like I said, he, he, he makes his way through interviews. He sounds like he says the right thing. Hasn't alienated his fan base. He's only endeared himself to them. And his fan base is mostly 50%. Well, maybe 80% gay men and, and 20%, you know, straight women or some, some split. I'm making that split up in my head. So he is uh, doing it correctly. And just because I envy functional people, uh, I wish his destruction and I want to eat his bone marrow because of it. <laughs> well, he might be into that. I don't know. I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm thinking a lot of his fans, I'm thinking that splits a little off. I mean, first of all, okay. are there enough gay men... For 80% of a gay man fan base, for an artist that huge, I mean, certainly they're enough for an artist oh, dude, with cult we, appeal. But we, this guy's got like a number one record. Yeah, we don't know how. Well, no, okay. Let's uh, see. First of all, we don't know how huge a number one record is. Like, what do you uh, need? It's not as huge as it used to be, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would almost guess, and I don't know jack shit, but I would almost guess that the majority of his fans are straight teenage girls. Okay. Who moon after him, and then I'm yes. sure their dad's like, "Hey, you realize he's gay?" And she's like, "I don't care. Like he's still gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. cute the way he and his boyfriend are together. Like that's appeal to them, right?" Okay, that's I like that little drama you just played. Right, out. Yeah, they that, that, they that get they get that he's gay, but they live enough in the real world to know that they're never going to date him. 
I guess this uh, gets us to the end of the story, the torturous story of Troy Sivan. Troy Black Adam. Troy, Troy Mr. Black Mo- Adam. Troy the Monster Society of Evil. Oh, oh man, you're know? you cu- anyway, cutting it deep. Way off cutting topic. it deep. So you can find past episodes of our show on Apple Muse, Apple iTunes, uh, uh, Play uh, Music. Um, Apple. Apple. Just say Apple. Apple, whatever. SoundCloud, yeah. Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us. Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Visit I don't get it.com. I don't get it podcast.com. Give us a review on iTunes. Please. Come on. We like the Just five star ones. Just do it. All right. So I am on Twitter on. at William Skurry. You will find me there all the time, kibitzing. And I'm on YouTube, AM Caesar, Noah Tarno. Go. Oh, I am all about the big quiz thing. Bigquizthing.com, corporate and private trivia nights nationwide. Booking for the holidays right now. Literally, I just received an email while we were recording this. Uh, actually, two. And uh, we're on Twitter at BigQuizThing. We're on Instagram at BigQuizThing. I am on Twitter at Noah Tarno. It's the only thing. I'm, well, I'm on Facebook, but only if you're my friend. So there you go. Me and, Tar- me and Noah Tarno, we finally understand gender fluidity. Stay tuned yes. next week when we talk about pancakes. Good ending. Thank you. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2018.